You're listening to On Point on Global News Radio. And welcome back on this uh, windy, windy night. I'm Arlene Bynum in for Alex Pearson. Before we go to Counterpoint, we're going to bring you up to date here on how this windstorm is having an effect. We know there is one dead and one person has been sent to hospital. The latest number from Toronto Hydro that was given right here on this show was 30,000. And now we're going to connect again with Jeremy Cohen, who is with Global News. Hi, Jeremy. You have a wind update for us. You're a wind guy. What's going on near the airport there? Yeah, hey, Arlene. Um, you know, I've just arrived uh, actually on scene of a house in Mississauga where mm-hmm. the roof has been completely blown off. Um, so I'll get back to that in a moment. But uh, what you're referencing at the airport, a uh, few developments just within the last uh, few minutes. Um, operations there are slowly resuming um, to, to normal. Now, it is still windy, but it's definitely diminished. I mean, you, you, you can tell just when you're standing on the street that things have definitely calmed down from what we were dealing with before. Uh, but I was at a scene, and this pretty much tells us exactly why uh, they had to pull workers off of the ground mm-hmm. at Pearson. We have one of these uh, carts that they load mm-hmm. the luggage onto, one of those big containers that uh, they would load all of our luggage onto. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those large carts was actually uh, appears to have blown across at least a section of the airport and was wedged against a fence. Um, so, and, and this is obviously a metal cart. You can see it was split open, no luggage inside of it, but this is basically a, a tin the can. power of that there. wind. Exactly. So you can just imagine these, these ground guys out there and, uh, you know, basically anything that becomes airborne could, could kill them. So, uh, they made that decision to shut things down and, and, you know, since we've last talked, things are now resuming. Um, and flights well, are getting back in the air there? There's going to be a, a lot of delays, obviously. Yeah. You know, this happened at a really busy time mm-hmm. of day on the roads, in the air, wherever it may be. It was, you know, the heart of rush hour. So um, there's definitely going to be a, a backup. There's a lot of people on Twitter talking about the delays, that they're stuck. Um, but, of course, you know, Pearson uh, will work as quickly as they can to, to get things back to normal. Even just sitting here looking at, at some of the mm-hmm. trees in Mississauga, things are really calming down now. Um, also, within just the last few minutes as well, the Burlington Skyway has reopened in both directions. Good news. OPP had to shut that down because, of course, we've seen these scenes in the past where, you know, trucks flip over in high winds. So they wanted to prevent that uh, by shutting it yeah, down. It's very, directions. very dangerous when it's windy. Jeremy, you take care, and hopefully Toronto Hydro is now with this lull that you have uh, told us about. There's 30,000 people without power. That's the latest information they've given us. That's a lot of people. So hopefully this lull stays. And you know the thing with wind gusts, sometimes they come back. Well, exactly. And one thing, Arlene, is that I just drove basically from uh, the mm-hmm. Pearson Airport to West Mississauga. There are a lot of intersections that are um, that are completely dark or flashing red. So uh, it looks like people are actually treating things pretty much as a four-way stop, but, but people really need to be careful right. tonight. Yeah. Jeremy Cohen, out there in the wind for us from Global News. Thank you, Jeremy. Toyota is announcing a $1.4 billion investment in its Cambridge and Woodstock plants. And to support this investment, the Government of Canada will be contributing $110 million in partnership with the Government of Ontario, which will match our investment. That's how it sounded, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and doing a favor in a joint announcement with Premier Kathleen Wynne and investing in Toyota, a $1.4 billion expansion of its Ontario plants, 450 jobs, as we just heard, and that is a lot of money in federal funding, $110 million 
and federal funding. Just one thing for us to chew on nicely as we begin Counterpoint. Jeremy Richler joining us, Toronto-based lawyer and a political pundit. Jeremy, welcome. Thanks. Good to be here. All right. It's nice to have you. Lauren McDonald is joining us, who is a public affairs consultant at Enterprise and a conservative strategist. Lauren, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'll start with you, Jeremy. I mean, we have this investment here. We have a a dual announcement with Trudeau and Kathleen Wynne. I don't know. Um, who's helping who here? Well, I think uh, it's, it's good for the people of Ontario because um, certainly five years ago and even a little bit longer, there was uh, a dearth of jobs in the manufacturing sector. And I think that the investment is, I mean, I understand there's a cost to the taxpayer, but I think it's going to ultimately bring jobs and reinvestment into the province. So, um, but I think definitely mm-hmm. there is politics at play. I mean, there is a federal election, that a, a provincial oh, election, excuse me. Oh, it's a giveaway, Jeremy. Long. It's a giveaway here. Yeah, so, um, so I'm certainly not going to mm. dispute the politics mm-hmm. of it, but I think it's a good news announcement. And I mean, there is a cost to the taxpayer, but it's a but cost. But hey, that deficit's so huge, we won't well, <laughs> even, it won't make a dent. It won't make a dent. All right, Lauren, you know, I, 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 I'm speaking a lot of the truth and I agree with Jeremy. It's great. And you made up a great point, Jeremy, because manufacturing, every politician is trying to say they're going to bring manufacturing back. However, here we have $110 million in federal funding. We know the deficit on Ontario is, is going to be huge. And we also know that the Liberals have been spending willy-nilly here. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm never going to knock uh, having great new jobs come into Ontario. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's always going to be a wonderful thing, but it has been this government over the last 15 years that we've lost 300,000 manufacturing jobs. So that is something that I think we need to take into account when we're looking at this. It yeah. is a, it's a great investment, and Cambridge yeah. is, is going to be very lucky to have that. But you think of the other places in Ontario that have lost manufacturing jobs, in the auto sector especially. So we look at, you know, St. Mm-hmm. Thomas, Ingersoll, Oshawa. These are all places that I bet those people would have loved to continue working in those jobs. They would, but we don't know. It's hard. What do you do? Is that is that just the normal movement forward in business? I'm going to ask you, let's talk personalities here. Here we have this picture. We have the prime minister. He's got a little blip in the poll. He's post-India, and I know liberals don't want to hear that anymore, but he's had a post-India. He's leveled a bit, I think, now. Yes. He has. All right, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, but Jeremy, me. Is he an advantage for Kathleen Wynne? They were buddy-buddy before. It was a power relationship. And you know what it's like. Sometimes the leader isn't doing another troubled leader a lot of favors. Well, I'll tell you where I think it is an an advantage Mm -hmm. in that um, being, you know, fully involved in the Eglinton Lawrence uh, Federal Riding Association, there's a lot of the federal party really wants to help the provincial party. The two clearly do get along. I mean, I think it's of limited utility because, I mm-hmm. mean, the government has been in power mm-hmm. for 15 years. There's a lot of headwind coming against them. I'm not going to deny that. But Justin Trudeau, notwithstanding the trip from India where his numbers did, uh, you know, decline a bit, he's yeah. back up again. He's still relatively popular. And I think he's an asset, but I think he's, I think. Where it's going to make a difference is at the riding level. Like I said, a lot of MPs are going to lend their hands to mm-hmm. knock on doors for their provincial cousins because, you know, they want to do what they can to help. I don't think it's going to have a huge effect. I don't think it's enough on its own to overcome the macro trends, but I don't see it hurting Kathleen Wynne and the Ontario Liberals. All right. Is it going to help Kathleen Wynne? She's circling the drain, as my father would say, and, you know, she's not gone down the drain, and she's hanging on. She's hanging on a little bit, but we know she's got some problems. Justin Trudeau could have been her savior even five months ago and it would have really helped 
And my, my hunch is it's not going to help. What do you say, Lauren? I think it's a lot different of a of a playing field right now. If we look at a record, I think it's, it speaks for itself. I don't think that having a photo op with Justin Trudeau is going to change the fact that the polls are clearly pointing to a change mm-hmm. in government here. And I, I don't think that having Justin campaign on her on her behalf is going to help that, unfortunately, for her. No, and unless Justin gets his mojo back, Jeremy. Well, like I said, I think he. I mean, I think he has. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, according to a Nanos poll, had been up at around forty-one yeah. percent. I know Ipsos has it a bit lower, but mm-hmm. has him up. But having been at the convention, I went to the convention. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's feeling very energized. His message is quite sharp. I found when I was watching him in the House of Commons, his message is sharper. I think one of Justin Trudeau's strengths is that he can acknowledge. When he's, you know, maybe he can learn from his mistakes. And certainly the trip to India was mm-hmm. not the finest hour no, for this he government. Knows that. You but, can I, tell. but I think, you know, very shortly thereafter, he was, you know, out with the steel workers, um, hitting the ground running, working with the hard, very hard hats to get the pipeline. on, all of it. Yeah. No fancy socks there. <laughs> no fancy socks there. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to get back to Justin Trudeau. And then we're also going to talk about Aaron Weir, which is a strange situation, but is a really big example of sexual harassment in politics right now. Uh, we're going to continue with counterpoint i'm arlene bunn and in on this friday night for alex pearson we know there's wind and wind damage and we're on it we're going to bring you all that we know do not go away this is global news radio now back to on point on global news radio I'm Arlene Bunnan here for Alex Pearson, and this is Counterpoint, debate and analysis on the politics of, well, really, on Friday night, we're doing it for the week. We're going to turn our attention, first of all, if you're just joining us, Jeremy Richler is here in the studio, Toronto-based lawyer and political pundit, Jerry, and Lauren McDonald, public affairs consultant at Enterprise and a conservative strategist. Thank you. Uh, Lauren, we're going to get back into this, and why don't we talk about Aaron Weir? It is sexual harassment. It's the end they have a problem it's a strange strange case when the investigation started i didn't realize i'd done anything unwelcome but when i had a chance to read the summary of allegations it became apparent that at times i had been a bit slow uh, to pick up on social cues so i apologize to anyone who i made uncomfortable by standing too close to them at a social event or speaking with them uh, more than they wanted to talk with me. Um, Those were the findings uh, of the uh, investigation. I drafted an apology and sent it to Mr. Singh on April 21st. So I I find his comment a little strange about me not taking responsibility. I also agreed uh, to uh, conciliation with any complainants who want to participate. And uh, MP Christine Moore, whose email kicked off the whole process, has requested that. We've both been in contact with a mediator and started to get that process uh, going. Uh, a month ago, I completed uh, harassment prevention training as part of the NDP caucus, and I certainly expressed you know, openness to uh, further training and opportunities uh, for self-improvement. Erin Weir, and that is Erin Weir appearing on the John Oakley Show on this very radio station. You gotta, you gotta love crisis management people, don't you? Okay, oh you yeah. do. All right, Lauren, it's weird. Why don't we talk as women first, and then we'll see what Jeremy has to say. As sexual harassment, clearly. I mean, I have had people from all parties say that this is something that women have to deal with in Ottawa, and here we have it, and it's post Me Too, and all the parties are looking for a way to deal with this. 
you know, it, it's an odd case, and I, I don't really know how to read read this. Yeah, I, it is an odd case, absolutely. But I do think this is something that one transcends outside of Ottawa and comes right into, I think, politics across this country, including mm-hmm. here in Ontario. And this is something that all parties really need to start putting a focus on. And I know that in each of the conventions that are coming up this year and that have passed mm-hmm. recently, it's it's been a focus and it needs to be a focus. It's something that, you know, I'm a, I'm a young woman and I've worked around the political sphere for some time now and it, it isn't something that you don't see and it is uncomfortable and it, it's hard to manage, but it is something that we need to address. I did. I mean, I was talking today with someone who worked very closely with a former prime minister and they just said, look, years and years ago, I saw it and I was a guy and I saw it and you know, it's totally, totally believable. Jeremy, it is an odd case. Did Jagmeet Singh do the right thing? Did he wait too long? I mean, we're all watching this, and it's going to be a study case every time this happens on what a political party to do, should do so they don't lose on this. I'm inclined to actually conclude that he made the right decision for the following reason. Um, when the inve- when the complaint was brought forward, an investigation was started. I don't think it's correct, and I think what we've learned is that while women who make complaints have, you know, we have to believe them. We also have to give people a chance to know what allegations mm-hmm. are being made against them, so that they can be investigated and that a conclusion can be reached. Um, and what happened? So, so the investigation took place. And in terms of him not accepting the responsibility, his answers, as I'm sure you could discern from what we listened to, are somewhat. Ambiguous. I mean, he does take responsibility for uh, maybe getting too close to others or not or speaking too long. And and in this, so there is the taking of responsibility, mm-hmm. but there's one specific complaint where he says that it was politically motivated and it was a political dispute. So there's, I could see from Jagmeet Singh's point where he thinks there might be ambiguity. And I think the real deciding factor here is the MP, the mm-hmm. member has been named. She's now, people know who this is. And that just creates, how are you going to manage a caucus when you have members literally, well, you know, in, in some kind of a protracted dispute? So given the fact that, you know, an investigation took place, mm-hmm. uh, a, a conclusion was rendered, and then um, he made that decision, which leaders have to make, that a full amount of responsibility wasn't being taken. I mean, it is a difficult decision because in the grand scheme of things, we don't know how serious the accusations are. But it, I mean, there's a range. But I think every circumstance depends on the totality of facts. And you have to make a call. And it this is. was the one he felt uh, was know, right. And, but Aaron, we're you know, saying this is political. On the other hand, it is important, as I say, the way... A party handles this, Lauren, will hang around like a bad smell with them or a sweet smell on how they handle it. And also we're learning this is a nonpartisan kind of a problem. So any members of the opposition are waiting in the weeds who want to jump on this. I think they are not. They're well aware. Don't you think, Lauren, their time in the barrel could be next? Absolutely. I think this is something that is is transcending parties right now and everybody you know when it happens in one party everybody kind of looks to each of their sides and thinks well is this going to happen to us and it, and it is it is something that we need to deal with and it's worrisome it is worrisome that this happens in a in a workspace at, at the end of the day politics is a career and people choose to go into this to you know make the world a better place um Unfortunately, for some women who are entering this sphere, it, it can be tough. And also, it was so ironic, too, because it happens in private business. It happens in everything. We know the focus has been on the media as well. And and I, I think it's great that people are talking about it. It's coming out. But there's politics. They're supposed to be making laws and, and everything. And 
and here here it's been such a challenge. Jagmeet Singh, though, it, it, it was hard for him. He's had a bit of a tough time, and then to have yeah. this land in his lap yeah. can't be something he was dreaming sweetly about all night. No, I mean, I think he handled the situation better than he's handled other yes, matters that have problems. come forward. But but like you said, this crosses partisan lines. And, uh-huh. you know, the thing about politics is, you know, people are going in it for often altruistic reasons. Mm-hmm. But there's power. There are power imbalances. And that can become intoxicating. And I think for too long, society tolerated this kind of conduct. But what I'm hoping moving forward is now that these allegations are being taken more seriously, mm-hmm. that we ha- we'll have what we call contemporaneous accounts, meaning people mm-hmm. will make complaints Within weeks, if not months, no more than that, from the time an incident took place, mm-hmm. not years later. But I think that's happened because society's kind of you caught up with a blind to spot. Go. And that's that's true. And that that very well may happen. Do you have a sense that things are changing? I know what I want to ask you, Laura. You know, is is it safe now for people to come out on this? I do, do think, think so. Good. I think I think it's the platform is there. And all parties are, are taking responsibility over mm-hmm. this, and it has happened across party lines. And I think that making a platform where people can feel comfortable coming forward with their own experiences, mm-hmm. knowing that a lot of the times it is a power imbalance and you're put into a situation where you're worried for your job. If, if it's somebody senior to you, you don't want to lose your job. Is it worth coming forward? And right now, I think we've created a platform where it is. It is, and it, it's just part of it. Will will more women in politics help this, Jeremy? I'm going to get a man's point of view. I have an opinion on it. I, I think so. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I think actually as Obama once said, progress isn't always a linear line. I no. think it will because there'll be more women in positions of power, but then there's going to be probably more, you know, possible incidents where, where men may may try to exert their, their power or in women, ways that are so women, I think they get powerful. And I think there's politics. a lot of men that still <laughs> feel threatened by women um, gaining power. But I think we are moving as a society in the right direction. All right. Thank you both. Jeremy Richler, Toronto-based lawyer and political pundit, and Lauren McDonald, public affairs consultant at Enterprise and a conservative strategist. Take care in the wind out there, both of you. Thank you for coming in the studio. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Arlene Bonham for Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.